Welcome to the Mercy Cast, where we are learning the art of compassion through the adversity of life. I'm your host, Raleigh Sadler. I have a bit of a confession to make. Five-year plans have been the bane of my existence. I have written them short. But life doesn't seem to work out to your 16-step process, because it happens. Things get weird and we have to adjust. What happens when the direction of your life is interrupted? In this episode, we're going to talk about what I'm calling the glorious benefit of disruption, learning the art of embracing what you can't control. I want to tell you about my friend Blair. In the early days of the pandemic, life in New York came to a standstill. When the number of COVID cases started rising exponentially in March of 2020, her dad called her nervous. He's nervous about her being in a city by herself. At this point, her roommate had gone back home and her restaurant job couldn't have her on board since restaurants were shutting down until further notice. Her dad wanted her to come home. After a quick back and forth, he hopped in his car 10 minutes later and drove 3.5 hours. So within less than four hours, her life had completely changed for the next few years, and she had no idea what to expect. After leaving New York, she had to live with her parents for an unforeseen amount of time, while also building a business at the same time. It was challenging because being in her 30s, it's not the place you want to be or ever expect to be. In Maryland during this time, she had no friends and no social safety net like she had in New York. So it wasn't like going back to a familiar community. Everything was new. She's maneuvering a new town and a new life. And all of her freelance jobs dissolved due to the pandemic. She had God to lean on and an entrepreneurial drive. But she didn't know what was coming next. Today, I am joined by Blair Brown. She is the founder of Visionary Advantages Brand Strategy Group and the host of the podcast Curate Your Success. I remember catching up with you during this time, and your binge-watching game was amazing. It was off the charts. You actually convinced me to watch an entire season of Ozark in two days, and I still don't think I've recovered. Uh, probably not. That will definitely uh, leave an imprint on your brain if you watch that in two days, Rally. I wake up in cold sweats. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot about Ozark. It's so good, though. But if, I have a question for you, though. Do you have any regrets watching that over two days? It was a lot of heavy content. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost like, man, I, I need a hug. I need someone to literally hug me and tell me it's going to be okay. But I don't regret watching Ozark. It, it was a fascinating show, but it's there's no vitamin C in it. it. There wasn't a lot of hope in Ozark, mm-hmm. which made it a great pandemic show because none of us really had hope. Here you are. Mm-hmm. Your life has been derailed. You're in Maryland. It's a place that's different than New York. Oh, different. You're talking to them and you're like, yeah, do you have? And they're like, we have Old Bay seasoning. That's what we have. Welcome to Maryland. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, but it, it fascinates me because, yes, I say all that to say Maryland and New York, two different places. Your life had been put on pause. What was going through your head at that time? Oh, uh, whatever it first happened, I mean, I think everybody really thought the pandemic would just be like two weeks, you get back to normal, maybe a month, maybe two months. I think that's kind of like the, the feelings around it. Because right. When I left the city, I'd say a lot of my friends left around the same time too for the same exact reasons where their families were like, 
what are you doing up there? We need to get you back home just in case. Because at one point in March, there were just, you know, probably hearsay, but there were talks about like, what if they were to shut down the city where people couldn't come in and out because pandemic so bad? There were just so many question marks at that time. So whenever I up and left, like most people did in New York, and then I was at my parents' house, I was just like, what is going to happen? Like, I don't know because I don't have my restaurant job. And at that point that had been, you know, paying the bills and it was my social life at the same time. And that's actually how you and I met was actually at that restaurant years ago. It's a fun place. And so to be removed from something you've known for so long into a completely different scenario of, you know, you go from New York City living, everything's open and available 24-7, social life 24-7, and then you go to like Maryland. And then at this point, to be fair for Maryland, everything was closed because of the pandemic. So it didn't really show itself off anyway. So for me, it felt like it was the end of the world. And as each time I felt like things were going to get better and I can go back to New York, oh, I'll go back like in a couple of weeks or maybe in a couple of months, things will clear up. And then it didn't. And I say June 2020, I just re-signed my leave in New York because I called my roommate and I was like, hey, like, are you going to come back? What do you think? She's like, yeah, I am. I was like, okay, cool. I'll re-sign the leave. I did it. The next day she called me. She's like, I'm so sorry, but I actually can't anymore. There are a million different reasons, all totally reasonable. You can expect something like this. And so I'm like, oh, how how am I going to pay rent in New York if I don't even have a job? And this is, we can't go back. It was crazy. The next day, all the rioting and chaos, you know, they were looting stores and stuff throughout the city. And that I saw it on TV and it was devastating. I just thought if I were to even go back, what am I even going back to? And so that's when I made the decision. Okay. I'm just going to hang tight here for a while, ride the wave and see what happens. And then from there, like I'll either go back or I'll find someplace else. But I really have to get out of that apartment at that point. And luckily my landlord let me out of the lease. So I went back in June, moved all my stuff out and then had the stark realization like, okay, I'm going to be half my stuff in the storage unit, half my stuff at my parents' house. Who would have thought this would have happened? Not me. (laughs) Well, being able to get out of a lease in New York after you've signed it is nothing short of a miracle. Right? Oh, a million percent a miracle. And he was so nice about it too. He actually called me afterwards. He's like, is it you just need a roommate? Like, what if I can help you find one? I was like, no, it's just more than that. I was like, I uh, don't have my normal job anymore. So I have to figure out, you know, rely on freelancing stuff. But even at this point by June, I'd say it's kind of dissolved. And so I was focusing on, okay, how am I going to make entrepreneurship work for me? Because that was my plan pre-pandemic anyway. But this time it was like, all right, you have no choice but to make it work. (laughs) And that right there is key. This idea of you have no choice but to make it work. I feel like our lives went on a parallel track for that time Mm -hmm. because we met at the restaurant and then I moved to Chicago. Yeah. Where I was when the world ended. And then you had gone to Maryland and both of us were like, okay, what do we do? Everything we know has shifted. And for me, I run a nonprofit and people weren't giving during that time. And so it made things really difficult because, you know, when a nonprofit's not able to have tax deductible gifts given, that really impacts it. A lot of nonprofits shut down. And so I was like you, I'm like, what do I do? And so you're sitting there, you're stuck. What did you do? What was the next step for you? To be honest, I I think, what did I do? I went and I, I built the website and I was 
fine tuning, like, okay, what direction am I going to go into? I bought courses of, you know, how to build your own course and just different learning tools to move me forward in the right direction that I felt called towards. And so I just, you know, little by little worked and then built up the knowledge in specific areas to get that off the ground. And so my business has changed a hundred times since then, but I was able to build a brand presence online and then network and then connect with more people that were also trying to start businesses. And I realized that one thing that is very common, my entire background, my career background has been in the fashion industry, but also in entrepreneurship in different capacities. And so this, the business I have right now is the third business I've run. And the common thread in my life that you can see is a lot of my friends would always come to me whenever they have a business idea because I am always encouraging them to do it. And I also know how possible it is. So I'm always like, just go for it. You know, this is how you can start up a business. And my whole family, they're all entrepreneurs as well. So what I realized during the pandemic is like, wow, so many people want to become entrepreneurs, but they don't know how. I could help them. Like that would be awesome to help them too. Like I love it. I'm super passionate about it. And the fact that I can turn that into a career path would be really great. You know, I, at this point, you could blindfold me, send me around a few times. Like I can help you start a business. (laughs) So that's the direction I went into. And I do still help people become entrepreneurs, but it's also evolved into a marketing agency as well, because that's really the next step for once we have a business. Well, and I remember you having a passion for marketing and entrepreneurship, but I think what really, like just talking about this, what really kind of catches my attention is you could have complained. You could have sat there and said, oh, woe is me. Nothing's going to get better. When will my circumstances change? And rather than doing that, you changed your circumstances. It's almost like you got tired of the world happening to you and you're like, I'm going to happen to the world, you know? And it's just like, (laughs) I love that you started taking classes. You started listening to what people were asking you. You took inventory of what are my passions? What is my purpose? And what are people asking me? And you started there. It's funny because for me, I didn't really see any other option. You know, it was just like, if I were to sit and just cry about it all day or something, which did happen sometimes, let's be honest here. Yes. But I mean, how could you not? But I just thought, you know what? God is giving me such an awesome opportunity right now. Yes. It sucks and it's painful. But how often am I fully removed from a social life, from juggling multiple jobs? And I had five freelance jobs right before the pandemic hit. Five. That's a lot. From a couple writing gigs, stylists. I was working at a couple restaurants, like making it work, right? Because I knew entrepreneurship was my jam and that's what I was going to do anyway. But I thought I'd be like a freelance writer. But anyway, God picked me up and out of a situation that was going to distract me from what I feel like I should be doing because if I had stayed in New York that whole time, let's say the pandemic never hit, I'd probably still be working at the restaurant or I'd be struggling to start the business or maybe I would have been distracted and gone a different direction. But because I had to be basically put in isolation, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm like obsessed with my family and everything, but you know, being pulled out of your social scene is totally different. And so that was honestly a gift that God gave me, in my opinion, that okay, you need to focus on this right now. Take advantage of this time frame, even though it's unexpected and weird and make the best out of it because when things start opening up, it's going to be harder to get back into the focusing on it. So it's like, do you take the opportunity and whine about it or you take the opportunity and build something so that way when the world does open up, you're ready to rock. So (laughs) 
for me, I see it as a gift, a blessing in disguise. I couldn't have done what I have without that time frame. It really was a time to pause. It was a time of reflection. It was a time to think through what you would never think through when you were comfortable. I used to tell people that you have to understand most of us move to New York so we never have to slow down. We don't like going to slow places. It makes us think about things that we don't want to think about. And the pandemic was really that for everyone. You couldn't run from yourself. You couldn't run from your demons. You had to face things down. You had to face down the reality of what am I doing? What am I passionate about? What do I ultimately want to do? And how am I going to get there? And as you were starting to take these courses, you're starting to learn new things. You're listening to the questions that people are asking you and you're trying to find your purpose in that. At what point did you start finding joy in what you were doing? Where you're like, wait a minute, this isn't bad. This is, this is different and I'm not comfortable, but it's not bad. Yeah, entrepreneurship is never comfortable. Anybody who says it is a liar. <laughs> I feel like it's the most humbling experience ever because you're constantly learning. You could be a seasoned entrepreneur of 15 plus years. You're still going to be learning. And if you're not, you should like evaluate that right now. But... I think I really started enjoying it whenever my, my first big win was my first consulting gig. Actually, it was like I was working with a company and I didn't realize how lost people are whenever it comes to marketing in general. And it's always just been second nature for me. So for me, it's no big deal. Of course you do these things. Of course you do that. Right. And then I spoke with this client and they're like, we have no idea about this. And then they're, we hate marketing and like their voice changed and everything. And I was like, wow, like you feel very strongly. And then I came up with a couple of strategy plans for them. And then it really worked for their benefit. And they raved. And I was like, wait, I do know something, right? (laughs) Which I think is always kind of funny as an entrepreneur, because oftentimes you start these ventures and you might not be um, like, you know, you could do it, but then you don't realize how other people can't and how that's really a gift that you have. And so when I started realizing that I had this gift, then I started embracing it. And that really brought me a lot of joy. I was like, okay. Not only are they excited about it, but this is genuinely helping them in their life because it's their business. And for me, that's very exciting. So now whenever I consult with entrepreneurs and on the entrepreneurship side, but also on the marketing side, it brings me so much joy because after a call or whatever initiative that we're working on, if they are ecstatic about results or they just have that clarity and a roadmap and they feel so much better, the fact that I can provide that for somebody brings me a lot of joy. It's, it's like, that doesn't come second nature to them, but I can actually help them out and make their life easier. So I obviously get very excited about this. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting too, because I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I just assume everyone knows everything I know. And I'm like, what do I have to offer? I need to learn a whole new skill set because I don't know what to give people because I feel like they know everything about vulnerability and human trafficking. And it's just, it's out there in the cultural milieu. You know, it's like people know. So why do I need to even participate? But then you realize when you talk to people, they oftentimes don't know anything. Yeah. And they're talking to you like you just said something mind blowing. And you're like, no, that took zero energy. And then you realize, wait a minute, I have something to offer. And it helps them a lot. And it's like so rewarding, you know, it's something that, you know, it helps them out. Very simple. But if that's going to help the trajectory of their business and career path, then why wouldn't you want to help somebody with that? And what I love about that is the theme of this podcast is learning the art of compassion through the adversity of life. And with each person that I've interviewed so far, 
whether they be a chef or a public speaker or a nonprofit leader, the things that they're experiencing that test them, that try them, actually help them better care for people. And would you say that as you were really just going through it and trying to learn your new direction that, or maybe the direction you were always supposed to go in, as you were doing that, how did that impact how you cared for other people? I think that when you're developing whatever career path you're going in and going through all of these different obstacles, it it is definitely a humbling experience because you realize, oh, wow, there's so much in this world that I don't know. I need to learn it, right? All of it yesterday. (laughs) But it doesn't work that way. But as you go through these stumbling blocks and then you do continue to persevere through it, perseverance is such a huge trait that you need to have, especially in entrepreneurship. But as you push through it, you meet people that were in the same stage that you were in. And I think that does help you. You can really just level with them and you're like, okay, listen, I understand this is exactly where I was at too, but let me make it easier on you. And let's try this instead. And you could just feel the emotions that they're probably going through. And for you to be able to console them on that level, I get it. It's just relatable. And I think that being able to help somebody through that better than you could before is pretty key. And I think that, I think it's a cool way that God uses people. You know, he's like, have fun with this one. And then you go through whatever situation. And then later you're like, man, now I can help somebody with that. Sometimes you have to remember that whenever you're, when you're going through it. You probably won't, but sometimes I'm like, God, how much more can I teach somebody? Why are you putting me through this? Yeah, we don't see the purpose, right? When we're going through it, we do not see the purpose. But then in time, all of a sudden we're guides. We're the old, seasoned, wise person who's like, let me tell you, you're not crazy. Everything's going to be okay. But here's some things that we're going to have to walk through together. Are you ready? It'll change your life, but you have to be ready. Are you ready? Yeah. And then there's somebody ahead of you that's going to be helping you out too. It's just crazy handing off the baton, you know? But it's funny how we're used for those different ways. And you never, you cannot plan or expect how God's going to use you. That's no, for sure. <laughs> not at all. And what I've found is if I go through something, but then I start to grow and heal and change, people are drawn to me. People who are going through similar things. They're like, hey, can we talk about this? It's like there's this authenticity that you're able to bring to the table now because you've been there. You, you have needed what you offer and now you can offer it to other people. You know, it's interesting as I think about this conversation, it's so fascinating because you went from you're living your best life in New York. Things are great. You're meeting all sorts of people. It's like I try to tell people about what a social life in New York looks like. And it's really no, because like different world. No. Yeah. You're you get invited to someone's opening night of something and then you look over and there's Questlove just DJing and then there's this huge band playing and like this isn't open to the public and you're like, but I got invited to this. It's a very surreal place to live. But during the pandemic and everything shutting down, no one knew what to do. People were trying to pivot, but people were also just scared of the future. They didn't know how long this was going to last. And you took that as well. Here I am. I'm going to learn, I'm going to take courses, and I'm going to go in the direction that I've always been going in. You're building up knowledge, you're focusing on your brand, and you're finding joy in that. And then people are coming to you. And I loved what you said, entrepreneurship isn't comfortable. If you want to be comfortable, you are in the wrong line of work. 
we always must be learning. We always must be focused on, is there some area where I can improve? And to do that, you, you have to persevere. And I love how you said, we need to persevere consistently. Because if there was ever a season where we did not want to persevere, it was at the beginning towards middle of the pandemic, where we're just like, the hits keep on coming. I don't know what to do. What can I do? But you did the thing that was in front of you. And then that has helped you make things easier for other people who are facing disruptions, other people who are struggling with what they're currently dealing with. At what point did you think, I'm going to start this marketing business? That's a hard one because I actually went all in with the entrepreneurship first. Or It's funny. It like ping pong back a couple of times. It started with marketing and this was a month before the pandemic hit. So not really that free. It was already going on, but not in New York yet. A few years ago in 2019, I resigned from my fashion job to pursue entrepreneurship. And I thought I would be doing freelance writing and styling. I thought that would just be it. And then I'll fast forward through that. But essentially, I, I took a creative writing course to get back into it. I went back bartending so I could pay bills through that while I built up my writing career. And then one of my girlfriends sent me a message on Instagram was like, hey, what are you doing these days? A company I'm working for really needs marketing help. Would you be interested in talking to the founder? And I was like, I mean, sure. Yeah. We used to work together at a fashion company. So I went, met with them, realized they need marketing help in a big, bad way. And then that just kind of happened. Like it literally was not planned. I did not say, I want to start a marketing company. And then it happened. It was like literally all arrows pointed to this opportunity. And I actually was very hesitant at first. I was like, I don't know about this. Like I turned it down. (laughs) And then they called me back and they're like, no, like we really think you should do this. So they weren't taking no for an answer. Uh, They were like, no, we really want you to do this. Honestly, yeah. Like I turned it down 100% and then they called me back and then we had another meeting and I was like, all right, I'll try it. And then that's when I realized, I was like, wow, I'd actually be really good at this. (laughs) So, you know, it was a funny realization that happened like February, 2020. And then I did that for the set of our contract. And then, you know, when the pandemic hit, I was so thankful that I had already established that first contract gig like right before the pandemic hit versus like scrambling to start from scratch like not even knowing marketing would be the answer right that really just kind of set the the path and then I help people with entrepreneurship in, in between and then some marketing consulting and then over time I realized let's do both like let's consult with the little guys trying to start but then let's also help people that are further in their career or in their business path that need someone like me and my agency to help them with marketing. I hope that answered it. No, it did. Because basically what you're describing is I focused on what was in front of me. And I did that. I was faithful to do that task. And then I saw a little bit more of the picture and I did that. And I think a lot of us, we get very overwhelmed. We are like, well, how do I change? I mean, it could be someone in college wanting to change their major. It could be someone who's thinking about a career change. Someone who wants to go in a completely different direction. It might be someone who's like, do I move? Where would I work? Anytime we're faced with a disruption, it's very easy to get paralyzed because we're looking 40 Mm -hmm. steps ahead. And as I'm listening to your story, I just hear this almost dogged devotion to focusing on that thing that's in front of you and then just doing the next thing and then doing the next thing. 
and then doing the next thing. It's almost methodical. And and I don't know if that's how your brain works or if that's just something you were doing or if that just happened. But as I hear your story, you're like, yeah, well, I had time. So I started to do this because I wanted to do this. So I started to do this. And then I was like doing this. And these people were like, hey, we really need help here. And then I get this call and I said, no, I don't want it. And then the person's like, no, you need to call us. You really need this job, which is amazing. It's a very New York thing. I know you said no, but right now I will not respect your boundaries. I think we know better than you. And you're like, okay. And you gave it a shot. And then that launches kind of a new direction. And I just love how you weren't looking 30 steps ahead, but you were like, I'm about to quote Frozen. You were doing the next right thing. You were doing the next right thing. And that's what we need to do, I think. I think so too, because I think it is so easy to become paralyzed with analysis paralysis, right? Where you're just analyzing it and I've got to be doing this, but I should have done it yesterday. And like, and then you just freeze. And I think that, you have to give yourself some grace on that one and realize like at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, everybody is doing new things all this time. Like whether you realize you are or not. And it is scary to, to change things up. But um, for me in general, I feel like I've taken a lot of risky jumps and I say risky loosely because for me, it's riskier not to take these jumps in my opinion. But from an outside perspective, they're probably like, why would you just jump out of a job and try entrepreneurship without it already being set up. It's like, well, for me, the whole time, I truly believe that God led me down that path because before, like in 2019, we're talking, or uh, before 2019 even, I was applying for jobs that I wanted to get out of that job. Everything led up, literally like block, like a path of where your next step, like, okay, this is going to work out for you. And try and test me, Blair. But whenever that does work out, I've got the next one set up for you. And I really think that that's how God, God and I have a relationship like that. And I, I imagine it, and this might sound, this is going to sound funny. I imagine it this way. I'm on a, a bridge in Indiana Jones, a scary one, yeah. right? There's like a lot of sketchy looking planks. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to get to that other side. I don't know if the one I'm going to step on is going to fall. But I do know that God has me every single step of the way. Wow. So I just look at God and I think, you know what? I'm on this thing and right. I'm going to take that step and you've got me. And then that's going to be scary. I'm going to learn a lot. And I'm going to wonder why. But then something else is going to appear. And then I have to just walk that path because God's never going to let you fall off of that. And if you do like, you know, go through something traumatic, like being completely removed from your whole life because of the pandemic, it's going to be for a reason and it's going to work out in your favor. And I think that's what's really cool is that even though you don't it right then and there like I it's easy for me to look at some of these things now because time has passed and things have grown and moved since then but when you're in it you don't always see it but you should always know that God is there even if it's Indiana Jones Bridge (laughs) you just have to take the steps forward and take those opportunities because he's laying the opportunities out there for you you have to listen to that inner voice that he's speaking to you you know it's like you have to work with what you have with the knowledge that you have right now and you take the next step. And I love the analogy of the bridge in Indiana Jones, (laughs) especially in Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, where he's taking the leap of faith, which is basically what you're taking, and he's stepping out into nothingness. But what he doesn't know is that there's an optical illusion. There's this bridge there. And then he throws some pebbles or something just to mark the bridge for everyone. But for me, that was always the scarier thing because I'm like, now I see it. 
I'm afraid of heights. Sort of. I'm afraid of edges. I don't, I can stand on a height all day long. You can't fall off a height, but you can fall off an edge. Don't like edges. Yeah. But I'm looking at these rocks and I'm like, now he made it extra slippery. What are you thinking, Indiana Jones? Henry, what are you doing? I think that is fascinating because if anyone gets anything from our conversation, I want them to understand that you might be scared right now. You might be overwhelmed. Your life may have just, as you know it, just ended. Mm-hmm. Take the next step. doesn't even have to be a big step. It can be a baby Hi. step. And you mentioned something that I, I don't want to just leave on the table. You said it was riskier not to take these jobs. What did you mean by that? For me, uh, it was, what am I going to do if I, I could sit here and wallow over what I'm going through? Which, like I said, I've there plenty of times. <laughs> I am human. You're like, I'm it's no hero, like, okay? I'm no hero. I'm I wallowed. Not. I can wallow. I, def- I definitely cried a lot during the pandemic because it was so life-changing and really sad for me. And, you know, I'm human. So that's going to happen if you're facing something. But right. my thought was I could, you know, sit here and only exclusively watch Ozark for the rest of my And that would be rough. Netflix been right? Oof, nobody would do that, although it's a great You show. would not be no. fun to hang out with at that point. You'd be like... Oh, I'd be so dark. <laughs> you'd be super dark. Um, but yeah, so the point is like, I could have sat there and just like wallowed the whole time, done nothing, and felt sorry for myself. Or I could look at the positive side, like my family is phenomenal. So the fact that I also got to spend more time with my parents and live closer to my sister and her husband, like, that was in itself a blessing, right? And I lived, I hadn't lived in Maryland in over 10 years. So to have that family time was a blessing and I took advantage of that. I was lucky to have that support system, which is amazing because they're all entrepreneurs and they're all positive and love me. I could have just done that, like, you know, called it a day, like after the pandemic, woken up one day, having not taken any of these other awesome opportunities God gave me, which was time to focus and have no more distractions. So for me, it's riskier to sit and let things happen rather than than to be proactive and do things for myself and actually listen to God, like really tune in like, okay, God, this is really not an ideal situation or anything I've ever expected or wanted in my life. So why? Why am I going through this right now? I know that you're there. I might not see it right now, but guide me and and show me. I always find it riskier not to be proactive and, and see kind of dig deeper of like what's going on and try to do something for myself. And also to know that if you're going to go, let's say it was the wrong direction of a business or something, God's going to pivot things right. for you. Even if you think you're making a mistake and or if you do make a mistake, it's God, like literally, he's not going to lead you down the wrong path. So he will fix it. <laughs> so, you know, we're not bigger than that. I think sometimes think we, important to remember. we think we have more control than we actually have. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And I felt like I had, that's a good point that you bring up because I felt like I had no control over my life. But then sometimes I would feel like I have to control everything myself. And it's like a really weird limbo because right. you do have like both sides, but then at the same time, it, it's weird. I don't even know how to describe that. It's like, <laughs> we're so out of control that we have to control whatever we can. And as we're trying to control yeah. whatever we can, we're suffocating it. And we're not letting it breathe. And so yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. And 
the phenomenon. The f- <laughs> the phenomenon known as the human condition as we try oh, to balance just hardship with the promise of future grace. It is very, very tricky, mm-hmm. but it is tricky. As I'm thinking about this talk, what are three takeaways that you can give to our audience as they are dealing with their own disruptions? Look to God, lean on him for it. Realize your world might be shattered right now, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Cliches, it sounds, there is. And just keep leaning on God, go to his word, pray about it. And then also, I think that's number one for sure. Because God will start to show opportunities and he'll guide your path and put you in different directions. Even if you don't realize it, like it could be like you get a phone call from a friend one day that you haven't talked to in years. That could be something that leads something else or like it's you out of this rut like you just don't know what it could be and you also don't know like how you could help somebody else out who's going to go through that situation years after you have and you've thought through it and you know you have now have awesome wisdom and strength to help them out with so i think that's first and foremost second build up your community i mean surround yourself with positive people that are believers and you can lean on them with the situation that you're in and they'll pray for you. You know, I think that's important because you don't ever want to feel like you're alone if you're going through something. And every person's gone through something. So even if it's not the identical situation, it's great to have positivity and support around you at all times. And third, I guess keep moving forward. Keep going. Just keep working through it. Persevere. And of course, it's easier said than done, but just know that you're not alone. I think that's the biggest thing. I love that. Lean on God lean on others, and keep going forward. You're not meant to do this alone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we all need to hear. It's so easy, especially when we're struggling to withdraw from people, but that's like the last thing that we need. If anything, we need to pursue connection. We need to pursue community. We need to pursue God. We need to pursue others because it's there where we're going to find answers or at least find someone who will sit with us and be like, man, this, this sucks. This isn't, this isn't the way it should be. But you know what? You're going to get there. We're going to get there. And I'm not just throwing random hope at you. I believe that. So thank, thank you. you for joining me today, Blair. Thank you for having me. Are you kidding? It's been so much fun catching up with you again. If you are interested in more conversations like this one, buy my book, Vulnerable Rethinking Human Trafficking. If you want bonus episodes, as well as a plethora of other resources, become a paid member at lmpg.org for $10 a month. You will get access to our bonus podcast, More Mercy, where we dive deeper. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave MercyCast a five-star review. We want to hear from you, so you can email us at info at mercycast.com. Till next time. Have mercy on yourselves and each other.